reading of our Bible uh, lessons. But if anybody has a testimony they want to share today, I would like to have you indicate to me. I will call you up at some point to share your testimony. But I will invite Brian to come and read for us our lesson for this morning. Taken from two places, Isaiah 62 and 1 Corinthians 12. Isaiah 62 and the first five verses. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not remain quiet till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. And then from the New Testament, first book of Corinthians, chapter 12 and the first 11 verses. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of that same Spirit to another, faith by that same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are the work of the one and same Spirit, 
and he distributes them to each one as he just determines. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your great mercy and love. We thank you, Lord Almighty, that you are able to do great and mighty works. No one, O oh God Almighty, knows the fullness of life. Only you. And Lord, you have gifted us in ways to show very much what you want to do with us and how you want to do it in our lives. And today, Lord Almighty, we pray by your mercy and by your grace. We, Lord, will appreciate the gifts that you have given us. We'll appreciate, oh God, you reaching out to us in a new and living way. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, um, if we want to switch back to this um, screen here, that would be great. Uh, so, our theme this morning, as I say, is the gifts that keep on giving. The gifts that keep on giving. Now, two construction workers went to have their break at a cafe. And one bought a cup of coffee for the other. The question is, what were they constructing in the cafe? What were they building? Friendship. Ooh. <laughs> when they asked, why did the chicken cross the road? You want to wonder, why did they cross the road? What were the construction workers constructing? Friendship. Now, when God calls his church, he calls his church to be his hands, his feet, his eyes, his mouth to the world. And what he does is to equip the body so that the body will be able to function the way he wants us to be. And so for each of us then, God gives a gift. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one gentleman, all his life, was living a very poor life. And he had this car, and all the time, whenever he had flat tires, he would call out his whole family. His children were very young. Everyone would come out to lift the car, and then he would push a log under the vehicle so he could change the tire. And he kept doing that for years. And when his children grew up and their daughter got a job, the first gift he bought for his dad was what? A lift. <laughs> a jack. Something to lift the car so that he doesn't have to do all the hard work of lifting the car, pushing the log under it so that he could change his tires. God gives us gifts that are for particular purposes. Each and every one of us here, even in life, we all are gifted in ways that we are not double. In fact, our DNAs are so unique to ourselves. Even our fingerprints. You see, that's why they can catch criminals. Because our fingerprints are never the same. Every human being, if you go home, you might try pick up an ink 
a stamp in those days, people, you know, used to use their fingerprint, isn't it, to sign a document. And so they would make them press it on an ink and then do what? Place it on the signature part of the paper. Contracts were done that way. But it's important for us to know that no two fingerprints are what? The same. And so also with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. God has various gifts to give us. And those gifts are never the same. Even the oppression of those gifts. It might be similar gifts, but the way God uses one person will be different from the way he uses the other person. And so we have to recognize our uniqueness. And so writing to the church in Corinth, the Corinthian church was a church built in a city that was booming. Corinth was a city-state that was really economically high up there. It was doing very well. But also, it was a city that was socially decadent. It was the sin city of its time. I don't know whether you know that a city in the U.S., Las Vegas, is called the sin city because of a lot of the things that go on there. And that was the sin city of its time, Corinth. And then, it was also an idolatrous city because there were all kinds of idols. And those idols, people worshipped. But, Paul comes into that city and brings the word of God. And this church is planted. But the church itself was affected by its society. The church couldn't keep itself from the influence of society. So within the church, you had a situation where there was what disunity in the church. And it was in Corinth that Paul was writing to them and said, Why do you say, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos? No, the church belongs to Jesus. Because even though Paul planted this seed and Apollos has come and watered it, none of us is anything. Amen. None of us is anything. He says, only Jesus matters here because God gives the increase. If God does not give life to the seed, it will not grow. If God does not give life to the growing uh, plant, it will not get to maturity. Talk less of doing what? Fruiting. Because why? It is God in whose hands everything lies. And if at any time we think it is all about us, no. And in this same church, they had power struggle. They had people who wanted to tussle the men against the women and everything you could see. The rich against the poor. There was all kinds of power struggle. And Paul is saying, you are all like children. You're supposed to begin to think differently. Even in communion, I don't know how they did communion because these days, maybe that's why they began to cut the bread so tiny. <laughs> because when they came to communion and passed the bread around, some people will have bread, others will not have bread. And when they got with the wine, some people will get drunk, which means they were having real alcoholic wine during communion. And so everything was just wrong, going wrong in this church. And Paul began to write to them. And when he began to write to them, even within the church, there was all kinds of sexual immorality. You think about people sleeping with family. It was just decadent. Why? 
they allow society to influence them instead of they doing what? Influencing society. And that's what God is saying to us this morning. He's gifted us as a church. And so in that scripture, we begin to read, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes. Now, see, different kinds of what? Gifts, but the same Spirit. Different, same. Now, the source is one source, but the gifts are what? Different. And then it says there are different kinds of service. So look at gift, look at service. And it's the same Lord we are serving. And then there are different kinds of working of that spirit, of that gift, of that service. But the same God is at work. Praise the Lord. The same God is at work. So everything God gives, he gives differently, variously to various people. And we have to understand when it's different, 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 three times, is talking about our uniqueness. There's something different about each and every one of us. But then the same God is the one talking to us. So it's a recognition of our unique strengths and weaknesses. God knows what you can handle. He will give it to you. He knows what I can handle. He will give it to me. So if I become jealous of you, of what God has given you, I am not being, you know, rational. Because God has given you what he has given you because he knows you can handle it. And he knows you are the best person to use that gift. And he has given me what he has given me because he knows I'm the best person to handle it. And he says, go on and do it. And so we, each of us, have our various what? Gifts. And when we recognize it, then it becomes the whole body working together. It's like we drove to church this morning. If the tires had been removed, do you think we were able to make any move? Not at all. It will be flat on the ground. So the tires were important to get us down here. But even before the tires, we had to kick the engine. Couldn't. So if the engine wasn't working, the tires will not be any use at all. But again, talking about the engine, we needed the key to the car. And if I woke up in the morning, oh, you know the feeling, where's my key, where's my phone? And you're going about looking for it. You can't start that car without the key. It's just important that we realize that every part of the body is variously gifted because God wants us to use those gifts for the benefit of the whole body. And so that's why it says in Ephesians chapter 4, it's given for the equipping of the saints. That's what the gifts are for. The gifts are also given to build one another, the body of Christ. Because when you have the gifts, like the mouth will chew the food and take it in, if the stomach couldn't digest it, will it be any good? No, it won't be any good. If someone is sick, sometimes when they eat something, they, have to, they throw up. They throw it all out because the tummy couldn't digest it. And it's very sad. But it tells you then that the mouth couldn't say to the tummy, I'm the most important part of this body. Because the tummy will say, well, okay, let me see you. And when the tummy doesn't digest it, the whole body 
begins to lose energy. And so the whole body gradually begins to die. When you talk of dehydration, it's because we haven't drunk enough water. And so we need the tummy, we need the mouth, we need the nose to breathe. Even if you're eating and you can breathe in and out, there's no life there. It's for us then to know. The purpose of giving it is so that there will be unity. The gift that keeps giving is to build unity in the body of Christ. So that we can encourage one another. So that the gifts God has given us will become that link. Because there are different gifts, variously given, from the same Spirit, by the same God, serving the same Lord. And if we, like we read in, in Ephesians the other day, chapter 4, it says one body, one faith, one baptism, one God. Everything was one, one, one. We've seen the repeat here in Corinthians. The same God, the same Spirit, the same Lord. And as the Trinity, God, Father, you know, uh, Son, and Holy Spirit actively working in his church. So we need to understand then, the gift is given for common good. We couldn't brag about it because it's a gift of grace. If anyone has a gift of healing and they think, oh, I'm the best thing that's ever happened in the world. No, that's not the way God wants it to work. God wants it to be, you have a gift and you can use it for the common good. And so that leads to maturity. If we have gifts and we don't use it in a mature way, it could only continue to break and divide. And so our gifts should be there to build together, to raise the church. You know, we see buildings come up from the foundations. They keep growing. It takes time. Every bit of that construction work is important. And if the foundation is not good enough, then the structure is really set up for failure. Sometime last year in Nigeria, a project was designed for 12 floors. But you know what? When they got there, they were too excited. They made it, was it 17 or 19 floors? You, you, you must have heard that story. And you know what? They built it, and magnificent. It was coming up very well. And one day, because the foundation was not meant for that number of floors, unfortunately, unfortunately, the owner of that project was visiting that day. And the whole building came crashing. And was killed in that disaster. And other people lost their lives. Why? Because people left what they were supposed to do they left the foundation that was laid and they were, got so excited to keep building higher and higher. But no, God has given us gifts so that we will use it responsibly. So that the church can be built together. So that we can be mature in the faith. No longer children. And so someone said, Paul's real goal was to say to the church that in our diversity is our unity, okay? In our diversity, that we're different, tall, short, big, small, young, old, rich, poor, black, white. In our diversity is our unity. In our individual giftedness is our communal strength. Just like the car illustration I used. The different parts of the car is what makes the car. 
to function as one unit. Okay. All right, my little friends there. Let's see if we can do what we're seeing up there. Could we do that? Ah, what does it show? It shows a hardship, and that's love. Wonderful. So the gifts are given so that we can show love. You see, the Bible said, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only begotten son. If you love, you'll be generous with what you have. People who are not generous with what they have for God is because they don't love God. People who are not generous with what they have for people they claim to love, it's, not be, it's because they don't love them. Because love always does what? Gives. Love gives of its time. Love gives of its resources of all kinds. If you have a knowledge of something, like we use the illustration of changing a car tire, if you have the knowledge of changing the car tire and see somebody frustrated, oh my word, what do I do? What do you do? For, the, for love's sake, you stop and say, can I help? And you can help them do what? Change the tire. And they will thank you. And maybe they were going for an interview. And that day, they will go home and give a testimony. I would have missed my interview today if not for a gentleman who stopped by the road to help me change my tire. You don't know what you will do. That will change someone's life forever. Just that little act of love is something that will change somebody's life. And that reminds us then of our scripture for the year. The unity of the spirit in the bond of what? Peace. Can we say it together? The unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That's what God wants us to know. It's one spirit. That's why it's the unity of the spirit. One spirit giving us the gifts. And that gift then creates peace. Because if the car begins to fight against itself, the battery says, I'm not staring up today. You know, a, couple, a few days ago, we hadn't used one of the cars in a while. So the battery went flat because of the cold. And what did I do? I had to use the other car and connect it to this one to jump start it. And it started. And this car has been working since then. Now it needed... Support from the other car. Come on. If you know better, support the person you think doesn't know better. And that's how we become richer in our faith. And so what do we see in that picture there? People putting their hands together. Bonding. It could be a work situation. But they are doing something that shows that they are what? Bonding. Number two, there's intentionality. For love to happen, people must be intentional in making it to do what? To happen. And so what we see there are people who directly brought out their hands. You bring out your hand, I bring out my hand. They bring everyone else who put our hand into action. Everyone, because we're intentional to make it happen. Number two, there's a purpose. There's something they have in mind. They want to build camaraderie in the office. They want to build friendship in the church. And so there's a purpose to it. It's not just something that's happening for the sake of it. And then, remember, we talked about all of us being unique. And so we each have to bring what we have into the pot. We all have to bring in whatever God has given us. And so it's important that each of us bring in that diversity that we have. And that leads to peace. Because if we don't recognize our diversity... It wouldn't work. That car has to recognize that even with everything, 
Well, thank God these days they are now beginning to work on, you know, uh, cars that can drive themselves. We are, that's the next phase. You don't have to even start it. You just call out your car. Hello, car. I'm coming out of the house now. Can you start? And we are going to, um, you know, whatever it is. And the car will start itself and you come. Maybe it will open the door and you will enter and it will drive you to wherever you're going. But before then, <laughs> we need to get into the car, start it off and drive. But even when the car can do all of that, it needs to be connected to a system that will power it to do all of that. And that's why there's need for what? Unity. Unity of the body. Now, there's a phrase, you know, in Africa, in South Africa, particularly Zulu tribe, they call what? Ubuntu. Which means, I am because we are. I am because we are. Without us being a unit as a church, the church is the body. You cannot claim, I am just by myself. No, you can't get it by yourself. The whole family, even from a family point of view, we all are. As a unit, in our various families, if our mom and dad didn't, you know, get us into the world, we'll not be here. They did their own part. God used them. And we are here. We are all part of that family. And then in another tribe, which incidentally is my tribe in Nigeria, Igbo tribe, there is what is called Ohaneze. Ohaneze means the people and the king. That's literally what it means. But it's talking about kingdom, which means there are the people and there is the king. And so everyone together forms that one unit. Once again, in love, which is our next scripture for the year. Loving one another as Jesus loved us. But let's finish now by talking about Isaiah briefly. Because time will fail us to go deep into that. There are two phrases used there. Hephzibah, which means my delight is in her. And Beulah, which means married. Love, I have said before, without gifts is akin to living without food. And that's starvation. Now, when God said to Israel, you will no longer be a forsaken person. I will marry you. God is saying, don't think I've abandoned you. You are mine. You are my beloved. And God still cares even when Israel does the wrong thing. Have Ziba. He said, my delight is in you. If you're here this morning, you're thinking, God, have you abandoned me? God is saying, no. Today, you're my beloved. You're half Ziba. You're Beulah. When I was in primary school, they taught us that song. Oh, Beulah land, sweet Beulah land. As on the highest mountain stand, I looked away. Across the sea, where mansions are prepared for me, I see the highly glory shore, my heaven, my home, forevermore. People of God, this morning, God is saying, Christ Church, don't be tired because. I am taking you to a great and marvelous phase. Amen. 
This church, we are going into a great and wonderful phase. Oh, we could have passed through all kinds of challenges, but we are emerging out very strong. We may have been knocked down, but we are getting up on our feet again and rising and doing what God has called us to do. Suddenly, we'll once again know that there is a church of Jesus Christ here in this town. So our neighbors will come to know that Jesus is alive in this place. Amen. And that's when all our gifts begin to shine. At the beginning of the year, God said to us, Arise and do what? Shine, for your light has come. This year, allow the gift of God in you to shine. Don't buckle under the weight and say, Well, I'm tired. I've given everything. No, you have not given everything. So far as there is life, there's much more that God wants us to do. And we will do it. He will give us the energy. Amen. He will renew our strength. If you need that extra battery to kickstart today, God is going to give it to you in Jesus' name. Because that car needed extra energy to get it going. And in this new year, God will get us going again. Everything will fall into place. Forget about the former years, the Lord says. Look forward to what I'm going to do. Amen.